In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our text is the epistle reading from Galatians 5, which you've heard. Please be seated. You are at war. The war between heaven and hell is not yet done, and you are right in the middle of it. St. Paul reminds us that our battle is not against the foes that we can see with our eyes. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. But as you strap on the sword of the Spirit and the helmet of salvation, do not be deceived by Satan. He has been conquered. Recall that God had promised Satan way back in Genesis 3 that he would send one born of a woman who would come and crush the serpent's head under his heel as that heel was some thousands of years later nailed to the cross. Jesus declared the battle finished. As he yielded up his spirit, he commended his spirit into the Father's hands, declaring, It is finished. Didn't we see this beautifully depicted for us in our gospel reading for today? Jesus came leading the army of the undying to do battle against those who were dying in their bodies as he encountered the ten lepers. Jesus stretched his hand out and snatched the crown off the pale brow of death. And as St. John writes in his first epistle, whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. But the reason the Son of God has appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. So while you are in the midst of the war, Christ is already victorious. But what about the battle within? St. Paul describes us individually, all alike, like this. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit... And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Every Christian comes to recognize this about himself as he seeks to draw closer and closer to his Lord. Some Christians deny this by teaching a theology of total sanctification or holiness on this side of glory. They believe, teach, and confess that in this life, we can actually get to the point where we are no longer engaged in sin. That we are sinless even before we get into heaven. But even, even St. Paul experienced this duality in his own flesh. This apostle of Jesus called by him directly on the Damascus road. He described his struggle like this in Romans 7. For I do not understand my own actions. 
For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Paul confesses that he is in the flesh sold under sin. He wanted to live according to God's law because he knew that God's law was good. He knew that God is good and that his commands were the best way for humanity to thrive. But he didn't. He couldn't perfectly keep those commandments. This, he says, is sin dwelling in his flesh. He says, For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Under the power of sin, we are all under the power of the law. And that law brings the knowledge of sin, as we've discussed in the last few weeks. But it gives us no power to obey God. Paul tells us that these works are evident. We can see them with our own eyes. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of angers, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Do we not see these things at work in our own lives? How often have we turned our heads to look at a beautiful woman? We may not bow down to an idol made of stone or precious metal or to some other demonic religion. But how often have we worshipped at the altars of money, sports, um, politics, or family? While you may not visit the psychic in Seymour, and you better not be visiting the psychic in Seymour, the Bible would classify the use of God's name to condemn someone to hell, even when it's said casually in a conversation, the Bible would condemn that as sorcery. Who has not been at enmity with someone, angry, been envious, or failed to heal, or even actively participated in the dissensions and divisions in our families, our churches, and our country? Have not all of our thoughts and desires and actions been soiled with sin? These are the works of the sinful flesh, and they are evident. We can see them in ourselves, and we can see them in each other. And if we say we have no sin, we turn a blind eye to our own faults, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Even worse, we call God a liar whose perfect standard condemns us so that our mouths may be stopped and the whole world be held accountable to God. These things are not trifles. We cannot simply say with Alexander Pope that to err is human, or like any teenager to his parents, nobody's perfect. Dear saints, God does not grade on a curve. And we do not have the luxury of just trying to beat out the majority of humanity in the race to heaven. St. Paul hits us 
really hard here this morning. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Repent. We must cry out with the ten lepers. We must cry out with St. Paul, Have mercy on me, O God, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death. There's only one way out of the trap of the sinful flesh. The only way to victory with the battle within is by dying. St. Paul says, And those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. People loved by God, you belong to Jesus Christ. And he has also claimed you then in your baptism, in the waters of holy baptism, and there in the font or whatever font you were baptized in, you also died with Christ. St. Paul says in Romans 6, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, since we have been baptized into a death like his, we shall certainly be raised with him in a resurrection like his. That old Adam is sure a good swimmer. As we confess about him in the small catechism, baptism indicates that the old Adam and us should by daily contrition and repentance be drowned and die with all sinful desires. Baptism isn't something that just happened to you some time ago when you were an infant or whenever it was that you were received into the church. For baptism is the daily life of sorrow over our sin and turning away from it. In calling us to repentance, Jesus is bidding us to come and die with him and rise to new life with him in the resurrection. And this, dear saints, is how the victory is won. It is not in our striving after sinlessness. It is fleeing to Jesus who lays his nail-scarred hands on our heads and forgives us our sin for the sake of his innocent suffering and death. That is how the sinful flesh is dealt its death blow, not by my efforts, but by Christ's death and his absolving word spoken to me. For the Christian, the victory is not found in our own moral perfection, but it is found in running to Jesus, who alone delivers us from this body of death. And it is in that dying that the Holy Spirit then cultivates these new fruits, these new works in us. Not the rotten fruits of the flesh, which are evident, but the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, and things like these. Against these things there is no law. Yes, dear saints, these fruits are what the world is in need of right now in spades. And it's also what we need in our relationships with one another. 
These are the things that are wrought in us by the Holy Spirit, whose work grows mightily in us each time we lay our sins upon Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. As we die to sin, we can carry out in wonder and joy, and we can cry out with St. Paul, it is no longer I who lives, but it is Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord.